0: podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by particular artist and we rank it all from worst to first. It's a thing that we've been doing for five goddamn years. And let me tell you a little story about that. In year two, we did a fun little episode talking about a newer band called Led Zeppelin. Uh, And it has, of course, become one of our uh, most popular, iconic, legendary episodes as well. And the guest that we had on that episode, he said, hey, you know what I would also like to do? I would like to do this particular band, and it seemed like the kind of thing where the day would never come. But as it turns out, if you listen to the extended cut of that song, it did come, because that's what's happening right now. That's right, we decided to go all in this season. We're going with the Thrash Metal Kings themselves. That's right, we are talking about the one, the only, the group whose biggest claim to fame is that time that drummers Laura's Allrich starred in the 2014 TV movie Hemingway and Gellhorn in the role of Jonas Ivans. That's right, <laughs> we're talking about Metal <laughs> Metallica! <laughs> Mega are uh, J- really nasty. Uh, so Metallica, it is formed by uh, basically two guys initially, it of course is guitarist and singer James Hetfield, as well as drummer Lars Ulrich. As they went ahead and were in los angeles they found each other and eventually they brought on guitarist kirk hammett and eventually bassist cliff burton and what the thing is they had a great great love of british metal as it was coming out there they weren't really in the throes of the 80s hair metal scene with all of its spandex and synths and lights and whatnot so what they ultimately did is that they combined essentially that classic british metal sound along with the tempos that you would most likely associate with punk music and they weren't the inventors of but definitely were the people that popularized thrash music as is well known Coming with a breakneck fury with their early album they have a first album that came out all the way and what was it 1983 my gods and then from there they went ahead and ascended to become the group that brought not only popularized uh thrash metal but also brought it into the mainstream in a way no other band had done before and they are still recording to this very day and guys We are going to go and rank all of it! I am so, so very excited for this one. This has been a wild and interesting and fascinating week for us. But in order to do that, we need to get people to go ahead and rank it together. The Q Prime Management, if you will. And who is the people responsible for that? Let's talk about it. First off, there's me. I'm Evan Sadi. I talk a lot. And also, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, then you know the person sitting next to me the James Hatfield of my Lars Ulrich. that's right the mm-hmm. one the only Taryn O'Reilly Hello. How are you doing I'm doing great <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've been we've been doing uh, various uh, various songs in James Hatfield's voice throughout the week it's been fantastic it's you'll probably hear from moment. the top Make it! Drop it, Sorry. <laughs> right, so we're going into it. Yeah, what was your familiarity with Metallica going into
1: this? Um, minimal. Yeah. I grew up in an anti-Metallica household. <gasps> so I really had, uh, I mean, obviously I know who the fuck they are. But really the only song, the only song I would say I was familiar with Saint coming Anger. into this week was Ender Sandman. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know... Any of the rest of them. Even a couple that I I heard, and, like, there were definitely a few, like, vocal takes where I was like, oh, yes, this is stirring something deep in the recesses of my memory. I must have heard this on the radio. But, like, I really... This is probably one of the blindest I've been going into into a a week. I really had no... Basis or idea of, of what I was getting myself
0: into. right and for the record we we spent two whole weeks doing into this We've listened to the discographies several times over we Well lost we all have the documentaries. to spend two weeks Because <laughs> this is the
1: longest discography we have ever done It is 14 hours of music 140 songs, which, if you do the math there, that means the average song is six minutes long. Yeah, um, Gotta which, keep mine. which on its own was a challenge to try and get get the idea of like, okay, you know, usually I, I if it's like we're doing a pop artist, I can look at the title and I can just go, oh yeah, of course, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus.
0: And this is the title Boom. of the song. Right.
1: No. This I had to like memorize like, okay, and then there's this movement. And then this And Now this it switches to this section. And now it's the guitar comes in. solo. I'm yeah. like and so it's been Fascinating and wonderful and I'm gonna shut up for now.
0: Yeah, and the thing is is that we could debate this ourselves, but honestly, we couldn't do without the person that recommended it. That's right, he is the person that was on our Led Zeppelin episode, iconic that it is, legend that he is as well. He is a singer, he is a songwriter, he is a guitarist, and you can find his music available right now on Spotify. That's right, the one, the only Phil O'Reilly is in studio. Phil!
2: Thank you so much. How you guys? are you doing? Oh, I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to to be back in the studio. Um, it's uh, there's nobody. It. There's nobody I would rather do this uh, thing with than the two of you. It's gonna Aww. be so good. I yes. I was like, you guys need to get some metal bands in here. Mm-hmm. And what better one to do than than this Cannibal one? Corpse? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. exactly. And since we can't do that one yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> We're I really wanted to yet. talk about Hammer Smashed Face, You're but. <laughs> We'll wait on that, and we'll get in. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I did not expect you to talk about Lars's TV movie role as the thing you were going to talk about first. I, I mean, honestly... I said before we started, I said, I've been thinking about all the bits that Evan does and what he's going to say. That was not what I thought it was going to be. What did you have gone with? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, something like... Made famous for being uh, starting off as Lou Reed's backing band, I don't know something like that. Well, but, and honestly, uh, I
0: for, for the record, in terms of my experience, I didn't know Metallica was a band until I saw Hemingway and Gellhorn. it It's <laughs> such a moving, powerful piece of work, but that actor, it was like, how does he do it? Then Stop. he's also in Get Him in the Greek What
2: well, they're ta- the band they're mentioning isn't fictional. It's crazy. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> if we want to
0: talk, the,
2: the half-hour mini so will be all their filmography. Yeah, that'll be all of their acting. I mean, credits. we
0: watched a decent. Yeah. <laughs> really, listen, the Happy Hour Mini do you mean Alcoholica? Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, I'm but so listen, excited. we have a lot of albums to get through, but most importantly, we need to talk about what we are and what we are not ranking. So, Because for the most part, their discography is pretty clean. There's just a couple little uh, pigments in the uh, fire there that are a little bit wild. So let's just go mm. ahead and dive into it. First off, there is their 1983 debut, Kill It All, with its full thrash glory. There is their much more mature 1984 effort, Ride the Lightning. There is essentially the sequel to it in its own way, Master of Puppets, from 1986. There is their little bit more gear and a little bit more baseless, and Justice for All, from 1988. <laughs> there is their big, 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 big mainstream breakthrough in terms of Metallica, also known as the Black Album, from 1991. There is the time they decided to become alternative rock and southern rock icons, and load. They then decided to do it again, in reload, and 1997. They did, of course, the thrashy, angry, and brutal St. Anger from 2003. There's also kind of their return to thrash form, Death Magnetic, from 2008. And then there is their most recent double disc, but it really didn't need to be album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct in 2016. So that's good. That is 10 albums right there. But then we get into the two little bit of weird things that we're talking about. First off, 1998, after Load and Reload, they decided to put out a covers record called Garage Inc. It was somewhat inspired by the fact that they had so many covers that they'd done on B-sides and EPs and other things like that throughout the years. They compiled all that into one disc, but then they decided to kind of actually do another disc... Of new covers on top of it It's one of those things where cover records Typically we don't do we have In certain times and certain yeah, exceptions
1: we, we go back and forth depending
0: Exactly and this one I mean it's one of the things We certainly listen to it all week Because god it's 27 effing tracks But the other, it's, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's two and a half hours long Yeah
0: <laughs> but it is one of those things Where none of the songs repeat And it also points to kind of What makes a Metallica song And how different it is and what their inspirations are So as a document It's actually kind of fascinating for that reason uh,
1: yeah, it was very... Because I... I'm, I'm obviously familiar with some of the uh, people they covered on here, but it was very interesting to, like, go listen to some of the originals and hear all of these influences that fed into mm-hmm. what they ended up becoming. Totally agree.
2: I, I had never heard of, um, like, Budgie or Diamond Head or, uh, like... Litzkrieg. Uh Queen? And, never heard Nor- or- yeah, that. Yeah, Queen, Neverly, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Never heard of them before, but, um... Well, that leads to the question, Phil. Would you rank this as part of the discography?
2: Well, um, I mean, we could. Uh, You guys, like you said, you don't typically do cover albums, but my argument for ranking it would be that I feel like some of these covers are pretty definitive, so much so that I think, um, for example, Diamond Head almost thanked Metallica for covering their songs because it kind of revitalized their career. Mm. Um, So we could argue that, that like... They took them and made them their own. Um, But I'm also cool with um, picking it apart in the half-hour mini-sode. Darren, where do you you
1: stand on this? I mean... At this point, I say let's just rank it and talk about it because right. we did the work. Yeah. We, we we bothered <laughs> to also, listen to we the whole deserve it deserved. <laughs> we earned we, it. Deserve we it. have
0: so many things to talk about in the Happy Hour Minisode, it is not even funny. So yeah, we've we
1: enough we've enough fodder for that, I exactly.
2: think. Exactly. We sure do. It's then that leads to the fodder. other
0: question. Then in twenty eleven, out of fucking nowhere, they decided to do another double disc album, this time with Lou Reed called Lulu. Now, by all for all intents and purposes, uh, it is basically a Lou Reed album. uh, Because it's basically based off an opera work he was doing, and it's him doing pretty much all the vocals with the occasional uh, James assist. But also... Metallica did the music for it as well. They were more than just the backing band for Lou Reed. They had to right, say. Right, write it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things where there are some who wouldn't maybe count it out on there. Some think of it more as a Lou Reed album. But I definitely know that the only reason it debuted where it did on the charts is because Metallica is written on the fucking name of it. It is a project that they did and we will have to answer for in The Hague. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is, the question is whether or not we rank it. Uh, because I forced Phil to listen to it for the first time, yes. I am all about ranking it, because I want to get into the nitty-gritty on this one here, <laughs> so right. uh, that's just me.
2: <laughs> I think we could get into the nitty-gritty at some point. I feel like it's kind of an easy um, choice where to put it, I guess I'll say. Number one, way. right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I'd say
1: let's just get that out of the way then.
0: Well, okay, in that case, if we're going to headlock it in, then, guys, here we go, we got it. Kill them All, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, Justice for All, Metallica, Load, Reload, Garbage Inc., St. Anger, Death Magnetic, Lulu, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, 12 albums, 12 slots. Phil, normally uh, I would ask for you what your nomination is uh, for the number 12 slot, but I have a, a feeling, a premonition, if you will, uh, that I'm just going to go ahead and say, let's on the count of three, all say it together, what well, we would rank it at number 12. Let's do it. Three, two, one master Lulu. of puppets I, oh, okay.
2: I, I knew I was going to say don't you say the black album because yeah. I knew you were going to say <laughs> gonna, yeah. 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 yeah it's Lulu it's, okay, Lulu. it's okay. Lulu okay, okay. Lulu. The, yeah. the
0: thing we need to do about Lulu is that honestly every when I hear it I want to cut my tits off much like the first opening <laughs> line of the album because the thing is is that Metallica <laughs> Puppet blood Puppet yeah. blood Firmness like a girl it is the thing is I understand there's a certain aesthetic at a certain point that uh, Lurie is trying to do with here but here's the thing when you have Metallica's songs and structures, and even Bare Bones, and we could talk about whatever artistic aims they have with the songs, Lou Reed's flat, unpanned, regular voice just deadens any impact that almost any of the songs have. Yeah. But to say nothing of the content of his lyrics, yeah. it's just, it's flat.
1: And part of the problem is, too, is he didn't, because its it's really spoken word, and sure. so he doesn't try very hard to stick to any sort of rhythm a lot of the time. Sometimes there is, there is rhythm to his vocal, but sometimes it's, it's a little more freeform. Than that, and that just doesn't work over the fucking math rock that Metallica are doing. Yeah, yeah. I would say I enjoyed Junior Dad
0: the 19 minute closer that turns into an ambient string section yeah, halfway through because
1: it was ambient and yeah. i needed to relax after listening to this yeah
0: uh, it's it's a bad album guys i know there might yeah. be some people that might try and defend it at don't some point i think those people
2: exist uh, <laughs> well here's the, here's the here's the thing i was i was thinking about it cuz i'm like i'm desperately trying to find like some positive um i didn't really but uh, I, I, I tried really hard and I think I think um, Metallica themselves have even tried to separate themselves if you go on their Wikipedia page, it's put under collaboration albums, mm-hmm. not their studio work yeah so I think they they recognize it um, in 2011 they did a 30th anniversary concerts which um, and uh, they had they brought out tons of special guests including Lou Reed and when he came out, if you watch video, there's booing from the crowd. Like, please, because they know it's gonna happen. That's awesome. And Lars goes, "Shut the hell up, or we're gonna play the whole album." Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they do, they do a couple single. I mean, the one single was the, the view, view, and I think they do. Like, I am the table. Yeah, right. Uh, and I think they do a couple other things. It's like I could totally see the Metallica fan, the old school guy. He's got the the thrash vest, the cut off jeans. Still, he's but he's old and fat. He puts in the, he puts in the, the disc of Lulu and he's like, ready to hear like, Lou Reed, I love Velvet Underground. They're awesome. And then it's like, that's what he hears. I I get why people hate it. Yeah. I mean, of course
0: I hate it after, you know, notorious asshole Lou Reed of course was uh, mean to me on an interview that I did in 2007, but you know, that's it that's its own thing. I think maybe I inspired this album. I might take the blame for it maybe but Are in a you mistress Dredd? I I are, might be. Are you a, a spermless <laughs> like a girl? I was going to say
1: are you a prostitute with no arms or legs?
0: Uh well, here's the th- here's the thing about the, me being spermless like a girl, uh after you suck an old man's cock anything can happen. Let me just tell oh, you. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, that's a reference to Garbage Inc. For those And there. my mom has now turned off the pump. I could deal with the Satan. I couldn't deal with the sex. Uh, but here's the thing. I will say the only I other thing. My mom the, like only th- <laughs> <laughs> the only. The only. I can say to everyone's mom and my mom sounds like that. Cheat on me, which is this nice little like kind of keyboard down uh, downtrodden thing, almost works in the same way that Junior Dad does, just because it is a clear break of format and texture from the rest of the album. So I can appreciate that, but by and large, we have notoriously spent time shitting on albums because guess what? It's fun. But you know what? I don't think we need to say much more. I am fine with burying this dog. Yeah, let's move on. Add number yep. 12. Wow, great. Okay, well, in that case, Phil, normally uh, we would go ahead and move in rotation. But guess what? I'm still going to put the knife in you right now. Sounds so good. So I'm going to go ahead and say, at this point, it's going to get a little bit
2: fun. Phil, what would you nominate for number 11 on our ranking? Hmm. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> interesting. It's, it's funny because the other thing I was thinking of while I was listening this week is Metallica more so than... A lot of other artists I've listened to have such massive, impressive highs mm-hmm. and such abysmal lows in their mm-hmm. like in their music, and like and 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 also in some of their choices too. Production it seems yes. to be something that yes. always screws them in one way or another. I'm gonna go with um, probably the Metallica fans listening to this would probably say. St. Anger, but I'm open to other choices as well, but I would say St. Anger.
0: Okay, so before we jump into that, kind of set up the context for St. Anger and then say why you would nominate it there.
2: Sure, so uh, the context for St. Anger is, uh, it's... Documented uh, well in the 2004 documentary, Some Kind of Monster. Exactly, so this is kind of like, you know, every band has their like breakup album or their like turmoil album, and sometimes it comes out as uh, Rumors. And sometimes it comes out as St. Anger. Mm-hmm. And um, they also, I think Metallica has, throughout the years, tried to remain relevant in what's going on in the hard rock and metal world. And in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, it was new metal and you new metal. No guitar solos, really. Tune it as low as you can and just kind of your way through it. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and, and uh, so... They were kind of trying to stay relevant that way. I think they were. Um, they had just lost uh, Jason Newstead as their bassist yeah. um, because of a myriad of reasons. Yes. they um, needed to focus on Echo Brain, I guess. Exactly, which, you know, we all know how that turned out. But anyways, um, so, you know, as far as St. Anger is concerned, I like some of the lyrical content in some of it. Uh, the, particularly the song St. Anger, I actually really do like. Mm-hmm. It suffers from, um, what people have called in over the last, um, gosh, almost 20 years, uh, the pots and pans drumming of Lars Ulrich. Um, I think, uh, their producer, Bob Rock, was trying to go for more of a stripped down kind of thing, and it didn't really work, uh, in my opinion.
0: I... I understand why you would say that and I understand the reaction that people have had to it because there are some people that were excited especially when they heard some anger when they heard some kind of monster the song it was just like man you know like here they are kind of getting back to the nitty gritty a little bit but it's still different it's a reset in the sense that after Load and Reload and after they went kind of alternative and some people thought they lost the bite that they previously had mm-hmm. is one of the things where having St. Angry is this nonstop fury of a record and it is furious and angry and thrashing about very much very so true. Uh, It's one of the things where it kind of is a reset in that way. Is it a fully successful experiment? I would say no. But here's the thing. I'm not going to necessarily be like the guy that's being like the misunderstood masterpiece, but I'm going to push back on you on this one a little bit. Just for the reason of... I think that it is lyrically the most confessional record that James has ever done and that's one of the things where the songs have a certain impact on here but most of the time he's talking about society as a large the fallacy of religion the pointlessness of war he's talking about grander themes in a lot of his work sometimes he gets a little bit personal and honestly there are some moments on load and reload where he really kind of he talks about his mom a lot like there's some like surprising moments and on what here he said yeah exactly and then also uh, it's very true uh, but also he talks about <laughs> kind of his alcohol addiction a little bit he talks about a couple other things yeah. I don't think he does articulately very well in load and reload but at least he's open to it sure. i think it's Saint anger he's really kind of grappling with things it's kind of a man holding on to his grip of sanity and i kind of appreciate that for as well yeah. and i will also say at the end of the day some of the songs kind of kick i so i
1: was really surprised because on first run through of this album was like oh wow this is almost unlistenable And I think, partially because of the pots and pans drumming, they didn't turn his snare on, on his snare drum, so it just rang really... Yeah, yeah, this teeming sound. Also, I don't think any of them ever put on a pair of headphones during the entire mastering process, because I think on speakers, this album sounds pretty alright, and on headphones, you hear every little
0: problem...
1: And Good the point. guitars don't sound right, and it it literally just sounds like they put four instruments and threw them on a track together instead of like spending the time like professional, yeah. multi-million dollar performers to actually like get the tracks to the standards it's that, not like they don't that have the people budget. were expecting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they spent long enough in the studio. They spent like two years. years yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah. With a
0: break. Yeah
1: in the middle but like they spent Still. a long ass time making this album so it's just sort of like did you just not feel like finishing it mm. but i will having said all of that frantic is probably one of my favorite metallica songs it it makes me it, it makes me want sure. to stand up yeah. like i just i can't i can't just like passively sit and listen when that's on it just it really sure. connects with something in me but then even even after like trying to make the excuse of oh well they just didn't mix it well for headphones oh well they just didn't no the songs the songs like melodically also don't totally stand up and don't connect with me for the most part. Sure. But Taryn,
0: it's my world now mm-hmm <laughs> i <laughs> will say that, i mean the thing is that oh, the more i give revisit this album and i think it's just due to a degree of familiarity with it i still enjoyed parts of it honestly shoot me again i thought it was a pretty pretty solid ass mm-hmm. uh, song on there uh you know and i think again even if i don't love some of the musical decisions i think that at least psychologically and lyrically is a little bit more interesting so again i'm not going to say this is my hidden secret number one or anything I would just push back a little bit because I I, I, would,
2: I hear you. I agree with everything you've said.
0: I wanna I wanna throw my nomination out there. And for me it's like pretty obvious personally, it's load. It's load, y'all. And I think part of the reason is is that The thing is that, for two reasons. One, it is their, uh, maybe their longest album, straight up outside of Garage Inc., their longest, because it was was the full 79 minutes. It did not need to be for that record, because they're changing up their format a little bit, they're going away from, you know, because the thing is that when you have, and Justice For All, which is a little bit proggy, a little bit out there, you have Metallica, which is a little bit more concise, and here it's just like, they are a little bit more inspired by Southern Rock, but just I do not connect to a majority of this material. Mm. Whereas then I could feel on some of the other previous albums when he's going about, like, you know, it's, you know, television preachers, they're trying to get your money, you know, pay more to get those extra like there's a lot of great philosophies there's a lot of great reading that he's done this is one of the things where as much (laughs) as he looks like a southern biker from hell james Hetfield sometimes i wouldn't call him a genius (laughs) lyricist but i would say that he's a considered person and for all the things that metallica quote-unquote represents he's a pretty smart guy all things considered and Mm -hmm. i also know lars is part of that equation too because lars is going to tell him no on quite a couple things if he doesn't like it he's Mm going to make fleet with it but so the thing is is that load there's some solid songs on here, I will say. I like it. I, honestly, I kind of like it when they're breaking out of their uh, things. Like Mama Said isn't my favorite song ever, but them doing a little bit of a country twist, a little bit of twang on there, I'm fine with that. I like poor Twisted Me. But at the same time, Ain't That Bitch, honestly, when they're talking about the house that Jack built, like some of these lyrical themes <laughs> are just kind of like... Lost on me. I was reading about, like, oh, Until It Sleeps is about when his mom passed away. I'm like, I mean, you know, due to cancer, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's, yeah. One of, it's one of those things where, like, okay, I didn't really get it, and I didn't really connect with it on that level, too. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where load for me, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I, it's ba- I would say it's bad because the material just doesn't stack up, and it's too long, unlike, and they, for a band that's known for their long songs, when they say these 14 songs are too long, that's not a good sign. I hear you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... I also hear you. I Certainly this is in the lower half for me. Okay. Because I think that as far as Metallica albums go, it's pretty uninspired. Mm. But as far, if you just forget that it's supposed to be Metallica and just listen to it as a mid-90s rock album, I think it's it's pretty okay. Serviceable? I think, I, yeah. I, sure. I think, like... Uh, I actually enjoy "Until It Sleeps." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. "Hero of the Day" really grew on me over. It's
0: like these their lessons. pop number. That song. Well, also
1: yeah. I listened to the um, the S and M version, which really transformed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I really appreciated that. And I think also "Outlaw Torn" is like.
0: It- It's a good
1: closer. I love... It's a good closer. I I just like it when things get swampy. (laughs) It's pretty epic. Yeah. and And it's pretty epic. And the jam at the end is, like, legitimately, like... Fun. Really, sort of an all-time. There's one
2: thing so. they know how to do, it's jam. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Android, man. They know how to.
0: Would do you let Kirk well? go? I mean, and that's part of the reason, like, that's one of the things that I like about another realm, Death Magnetic, is that after not being a strong presence on tight Anger, it's like Death Magnetic, oh, the revenge
2: of Kirk. Because it's just clear that he just wants to sure. like solo a lot. When you, well, let,
0: when you give the man a chance to solo, he's going to fucking kill
2: it. Exactly. Time. I would argue, since we're talking about Load yeah. though, and, and Reload, I, would, I was thinking about this too. Between Load and Reload, it's 27 tracks. I bet. If they had taken like the 12 best between the two and made it like, you know, load and reload as one album, I bet it would have, it would be higher for me on the list than it is because there's a lot of deep cuts. The other thing I I kind of thought, I was like, you know, if James Hetfield wanted to, he could take Hero of the Day, Mama Said, Low Man's Lyric, and I think like Unforgiven 2, and like become a country star. Yeah, Like, he has kind of a little bit of that, su- like you said, that southern rock kind of vibe. Yeah. I could yeah. see him doing that. Well,
1: he definitely, on these albums, like, applies twang to his vocal Intentionally, In a way yeah, that sure. he
0: has
2: not previously. And really hasn't done since, to be honest. Well, him and Cliff Burton were huge Skinner fans. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's obvious that that's coming through on the record. But I guess I'm not opposed to load being down there, but... Sounds Saint, like Terrence opposed Saint, to it too, yeah. St. Anger can't be much higher than...
1: No, I'm with Phil.
0: St. Anger is what I would put next. Okay. Well, if it's a simple outvoting thing, as you know how it goes on chartographers, that's okay. In that case, I think we're okay at number 12, Lulu, number 11, St. Anger, yes? Yes. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, well, in that how case... How long is, is that? We is, are, is that an hour? Uh, uh, we, we are t- we're 26 okay. minutes in, so we're basically Junior Dad and Dragon. Uh, yeah, the okay. the last two tracks of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so in that case, in that case, Taryn number 10, what would you throw out there?
1: Oh, boy. Um... Uh... <laughs> Okay,
0: oh, this is hard.
1: Because I have a couple that sort of go next, mm. one of which is load. But if I am going to talk about my personal listening experience and how much I enjoyed it, <laughs> coming up next would unfortunately be Garage really? Tank. And I I I think that. About a third of this record, of the two and a half hours, 27 tracks, is essential if you're a Metallica fan. There's absolutely, I, agree.
0: I would absolutely
1: agree. There's absolutely a lot of things on here that are really enjoyable. You know, a, a couple surprising covers, things that they really transform. But, again, we have to circle back to, it's two and a half fucking hours long. And it just doesn't <laughs> need to be. And when you have, like, what's the the 10-minute the medley? Oh, thing oh mercy, Merciful yeah. Fate. Merciful
2: yeah, all those songs, yeah.
1: Individually, I'm like, yeah, I like these choruses, but you only did the chorus once, and then you moved on to the next one. So it, it sort of doesn't let me connect
2: with the songs. They're, You've always liked I mean, Danish black metal tear them <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> yeah, how could you say I that? I had to drag I'm him out. through the sand to do Whitney Houston. It was so
0: funny.
1: Uh, no, I mean, but, like, <laughs> I think the the way they do the vocals on like I'm the curse of the pharaoh like and even a couple of the other songs that are in the medley I'm like this is sick this sounds sick (laughs) but you aren't letting me dwell on it for long enough before moving on to the next thing Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just in general I think there is there were some things that Hmm. if they were going to if they were thinking of it as like an album album I think they maybe would have curated it a little more but instead it, to me it just sort of seems like a cover zone all the these covers house. yeah let's throw them together right. for our fans which is fine it's just
2: that therefore not the perfect listening experience well the first 11 tracks or yeah 11 tracks were recorded in 98 mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh, mostly in 98 and then the other ones are all like you said either b-sides or there was a EP the um right five dollar 90 98 cent EP yeah. that had a couple of those on it um I know like Am I Evil and Blitzkrieg are actually Cliff Burton playing the bass. So those are like All way back when. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I think if they had cut it in half, maybe um, it would have been a lot better. But like you said, there's also Am I Evil, Bread Fan, uh, Stone Cold Crazy. Those are like essential Metallica covers. Um,
1: or even, um, I really found myself coming back to The Small Hours. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's a. My yeah, oh, Holocaust? Point. Yeah. All,
1: uh, although, speaking of, like, a, a Southern, I guess it's not really this, but um, Lover Man. N- sorry, it doesn't work for them. Really? I That's one of my favorite songs on this I goddamn compilation. Oh know, my
0: god. No. I love them. I, I will full disagree on you on this one here because I think that, weirdly enough, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with these long lyrical fucking passages that they go through. I think it is still musically fascinating how they get there. I mean, it's a 7-minute epic that they go through. But like between that and especially what what they do to turn the page, I can really feel like James is kind of embodying this role. I feel like it's just a little bit more a little bit cosplay a little bit of, you know, tribute on there. I like it, you know, like his their whiskey in the jar is like, you know, fine, it's solid, but like it's really nice to see him kind of lean into those things and try those things mm-hmm. in the same environment of it's a covers album and not a Metallica record. Mm-hmm. And sure. so for me, Loverman absolutely works, and turn the page, mm-hmm. and also on the uh, Diamond Head, it's electric, this kind of, you know, yeah. you know, this like wanting That's, to be, here's how I want to be a rock star, here's I what I want to have that happen. I can shit on the radio. Yeah, it's like yeah. catchy, it's immediate, it's impactful, uh, mm-hmm. and honestly, even though it goes on for way, way... Way too fucking long, but honestly, I still dig Tuesday's Gone. I really do. This acoustic jam-along that they do that... Yes, it's nine minutes, and the last minute is them congratulating each other. With a lot of uh, guests on it. uh, Yeah. Jerry
2: Cantrell... um, Les Claypool, who once auditioned to be their replacement bassist. He did. Yeah. He did, which would have changed the entire trajectory of that band. But, uh, um, yeah, I i'm okay with putting that one lower too i guess i I see your point um i i would say bread fan is probably my favorite one um just because i like the riff and seeing the thing about metallica too is like it's one thing to listen to their studio versions but then to listen to how they play songs live it's like a completely different experience oh yeah um usually a couple
1: clicks faster
2: indeed um (laughs) And uh, I actually got to see them do Turn the Page Live, Ooh, and, which is very good. cool, because Kirk, Kirk um, for those that haven't heard it, Kirk it takes the sax part that's in the Bob Seeger version and does it with slide guitar, and it's very, very cool. Um, but, yes, that, that, that's exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, yes, yes, that's, that's exactly what it sounds can't. like. That's what it sounds like. Um,
0: 55 th-
2: episodes. I sometimes mouth the musical and my uh, and my <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And my band, my band is done their version of that Oh really? Too, so. Oh that's yeah. awesome. So cool. anyways, um...
0: so what I mean, we've kind of tossed these things out here. Where do you stand on uh, the number 10 spot?
1: Do you like? have something else you would put there in, in instead of garaging? Uh,
2: mm-hmm. or would you go for one of these? Garode yeah, you know, I would say I would say I would say Garage Inc is fine to put there just because it's such a behemoth and it's like suffers from kind of being bloated and too much, too many songs. So I'm okay with that. Chuck.
0: Okay, in that case, there we go, number ten, Garage Inc. Well, that means <laughs> then at that point, Phil, do you have anything for the
2: slot right next to it, number nine? I mean, it sounds like based on what we've all kind of. I think we could all agree with maybe Load or Reload, one of the two. Maybe your choice might be different. But... Let, me, let me just say, part of the reason why I picked Load over
0: Reload is because uh, Reload has some things going for it. It's weird how, like, I don't know what they were trying to prove with Load. I know a lot of these songs came from roughly the same sessions or so, but Reload almost feels like the album that they wanted to put out in the first place. I just think it's a little bit more accessible, it really leans into its commercialness a little bit more, and also it opens with motherfucking Fuel like that I'm sorry there's no it's like it's a pop single to a degree it's like immediately accessible but god damn that's how you fucking open an album that's how I mean that is why I think when we watched a, it's Metallica. that's just straight up yeah, that's, yeah. that's straight up yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure for
1: sure yeah. it, it definitely fuel sort of feels like it, it opens and you're like oh this is what load was missing Mm-hmm. A song like this. And, and, and that's exactly like, why you're that's like. Exactly
2: you're like why. oh, or, and you know, a lot of the times they have like all these kind of B sides and crap. But you're like, what are they doing? And then they come out with a song like you, and it's like, oh, there they are. Yeah, there yeah. they are. Yeah. And you honestly, know, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, but like the other singles that they picked off it, I thought were pretty good choices. I I dig the memory remains. I yeah, do. even it's with this like, cr- odd Marianne Faithful part at the end. <laughs> Jared. The
1: lyrics are bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> they I'm are. sorry. The they lyrics are. of "Memory I, I Remains" disagree. mean nothing. What the fuck is a mirror vein? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just like and, uh, that. I wa- wow, I almost dude. wanted to like "Memory Remains," vein- and then every
2: vein in the mirror.
1: Every time I I uh, possibly.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the. We'd Literalist have, Taryn O'Reilly with the lyrics her over here. Yeah. So, so here's here's my interpretation of I agree, and and we'll talk all day about Hatfield's lyrics, but um, Memory Remains is cool and, and another one uh, to see live because um, they do the the part that she sings, that mm-hmm. like, whoa. Right. They do that live and they extend it out to the point where it's just Lars keeping time and the whole crowd is singing. I mean, when you have like 60,000 people singing that. Pretty cool. Yeah, that works. Yeah. But I think the song is about, and the idea of why they got Marion Faithful, I think is Is yeah. it is, um, is it's a, like a, kind of like a jade... Uh, faded like rock star. Faded right? rock star, faded uh, Hollywood starlet kind of thing, I think is the idea. But yes, Mirror Vane, I don't well, know what it means. I, I feel so dumb um,
1: now because I hadn't even considered that it could be V-A-I-N. I was always picturing V-E-I-N, and I was like, I don't... What is... What yeah. are you saying to me? It's but, all right.
2: I, yeah. No, I... But never mind. Best song they ever did. Uh, no. No, <laughs> no still not going there. Um, and, and Fuel, um... Fuel Live, again, is the most amount of pyro you could ever see going off at once. Oh, yeah. And the S&M version is pretty great, since mm-hmm. you brought up the S&M of the other one, um, yeah. where... Again, with the slide kind of making it sound like a car shifting gears, and it's like... So, yeah, I would say if I had to go which one is better, I would say Reload is better than Load. I would agree with you on that.
1: I also really dig Devil's Dance. Sure. Talking about getting swampy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I mean... Yeah, from the drop.
1: That just does it for me. That hits all my buttons. I mean, also,
0: I mean, while we're, I mean, the thing is that, like, and, like, where the wild things are is, like, a fine song. Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. like, offensively bad as, like, ain't my bitch or two by four is, you know, two degree. But I will say that, like, even the weird kind of, like, pop leaning of low man's lyric, I think, is an odd, but it works for them in a way, in an interesting way. You would describe that as
1: pop leaning? I mean, to I me think it sounds like a it almost, sea
0: shanty. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired yeah. by a traditional. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know? I think it's just accessible and outside of the realm of like hard thrash to a degree. So I say sure. when I say pop leaning, it's more of like something sure, that, sure. you know, someone could latch onto that way. And honestly, I dig Fixer. I think that the way that they kind of get into this like a little groove near the end. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like it when they <laughs> kind of use the bass textures to kind of create something a little bit more yeah. different outside of their usual sure. sound.
1: Fixer. I, it's it's not my favorite. Also, for I know he's saying pen, but he says it pen. And every time I hear jam another pen into me,
2: and <laughs> that, I just... <laughs> the writer struggles. Jam another pen into my mirror vein. Yeah. Right, exactly.
1: exactly. Um, also, I really hate the lyrics of Attitude,
2: too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I no, I'm that's sorry. <laughs> throw yeah. all the bullets in
1: the fire and stand there. Uh, it is
2: bad. It's bad. Uh, I think by that time, if they, like, let's say they recorded it all in order, by that time it's like, dude, we're 26 songs also, into these sessions. Just get it over with. Just me. leave that one off. Yeah, yeah, Your album
1: doesn't have to be an hour and 15 minutes every time. Yeah. You can make At 45 no. minutes of no, Not in Metallica Land. Can't no, yeah. do it. No, they literally can't. They yeah. don't have, I don't think they have any
2: albums under an hour. No. Uh, I, Ride the Lightning might be close to it. Maybe. But, um, yeah. Uh, interesting fact, too, uh, the last song I would have expected to see them play, but I did see them play it, was Carpe Diem Baby. Wow. They were... Bro- broken and, off and, the dusty old. And, uh, they wanted to do a deep cut kind of thing. I'll explain more of the context later, but at the end of it, James Hetfield goes, so now you've heard it live, whether you want to or not. <laughs> 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 they go, what I love is they know... How lame some of their songs are. So they're they like really responding to it. And, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely I I, I noticed while reading a bunch about various songs, that there were quite a few that they never did live until, like, the last decade.
2: Sure. Unforgiven 2 is another one that just recently premiered. Yeah. Really? They never did that one? No, no. I Mm. think because the original Unforgiven was so popular. It was an actual hit-hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, in that case, how are we feeling about load in our number line spot and then maybe reload at number eight? I'm
2: cool with that. yeah. Say hesitantly, would there be another one that you would push instead okay well,
0: no I would I would put load next
2: for sure okay yes let's, load 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 let's
0: let's go sure. ahead and do that and let's just recap number twelve Lulu number eleven Saint anger number ten rush eight number nine load okay
1: okay, I have something I'm afraid to say I think we might be and on i'm I'm going to say it anyway okay. and I hope that fans don't kill me, but up next, I
2: would put and justice for all. <gasps> wow. That was not the one I thought you were going to say. That's no, not the
0: one I thought you were going to say either. Wow. I was prepped for a completely but, different one. But I'm
1: interested to hear why. Yeah. It just doesn't connect with me at all. Interesting. And, and I, you know, people talk about that the base is too quiet. I do notice that, but that isn't the problem for me. I just, mm. I, I do think that, I mean, they, they went through some shit in the mid-80s, that we can get into or not, but I do think that they were still hurting a lot. Oh, definitely. While they were recording for And Justice For All, I think even more than St. Anger, this might be their angriest album. Mm-hmm. And yes, I... Obviously, one is a fantastic song. I think my favorite thing on here is Eye of the Beholder. I love the riffs on this interesting and uh and i'm okay with blackened and other than that i just i i actually listened to this album more than any of their like peak five because it didn't connect with me and i was trying to figure out why and i just i it just there's something about the songwriting here that just doesn't it it doesn't grab me like so much of their other work does
2: fair enough Again, I was not expecting that. Um, yeah. I want it known that I disagree, but... Uh, I, want it, but I, uh, <laughs> I disagree <laughs> as well, and I
0: appreciate you bringing it. And the thing is that I would say is that I've had probably the hardest time nailing my opinion on any record than Justice for All, because I get the context, and also, like, the thing is, they are not going for anything even remotely commercial here. Not that they really ever were to a degree, because, like, Master of Puppets, like, yeah, there's songs on there, there's slower moments on there, and one is an absolute single, if you were to, you know, call it that. Like, it's the clear highlight of the album in that sense It's it's
2: in the top Five signature Metallica. Songs. Unquestionably, for sure, for
0: sure. But the thing is, is that like it's th- I run into this frustrating thing where I feel like half the album I'm in it, and the other half I'm not. And it's one of those Fair things enough. where there are parts of it that I respect more than I enjoy, and then there's songs that I just out enjoy. Like honestly, as much of a pastiche as it is, that super long uh, uh, built out of the basslines, epic "To Live Is to Die," I am such a fan of. I just like the yes. way it kind of bleeds from these oh, like light yeah, no, acoustic no, I elements and then it kind of builds into this kind of like hard rock thing, and it just kind of
2: evolves it's and it moves the eulogy for Cliff, the right. musical eulogy right. for Cliff
0: but the thing about it is that it's kind of formless in a way that's not off-putting it's formless in a way that's just kind of like you're just kind of wading through memories you're going through all these unfinished works mm-hmm. like you're swimming through Sure. and nothing's definitive they're not like this is the glyph song we're building a song off it. it's like all these things together so if the, if for me that's the sense that song kind of gives me is kind of the sense I get for the whole album even if I'm not really the biggest fan of Harvester Sorrow personally I'm still like I'm still in that grief to a degree I'm still kind of wading through that musical emotion I would say that uh, the original five as I know a lot of fans would sometimes like to put that hard limit on their discography is one of those things where I I still honestly even though I've listened to it so much this week I still don't know my full sense of it, and that might still take time on there. So Fair I understand where you're coming from, but I do disagree because there are at least
2: two other albums I put there before that. What I also like about I like transitions, and what I like is "To Live Is to Die." Like you said, it's kind of like this thing where you, you listen to it, and it's like you're it's like you're just listening to it with your eyes closed. Oh, it's this like ethereal thing, thinking about oh, they're talking about the friend that died. And then suddenly you mm-hmm. get hit in the head with th- a baseball bat by Dire Eve, yeah. which, I don't know, Dire Eve is one of my favorite songs, man. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, you talked about how you felt like with Frantic, like you have to stand up, you can't be sitting, that that mm-hmm. one is like, it's just it's so, bl- it's so blistering, and yeah. it's like, and then how it just cuts, like yeah. it's the, the and ending just cuts and it's over. Yeah. You're like, what? What just And what was really interesting, I don't know if you guys did this, but I, I used the playlist you sent me, yeah. and... Um, for it to like go from being that heavy, heavy, fast thrash cutting yeah. to suddenly the opening notes uh, of Enter Sandman, yeah, it's I like the exact, oh, exact total thing. shit. Yeah, and it's like, just like whoa. whoa. And it, the thing is, you just feel that shit. Yeah, like, it's just oh, yeah. such a such a charm Well, contrast. and for those that may not know, uh, this kind of puts some context on the, on that Thanks. song in particular, but other things too. This comes up time and time again. James Hetfield's parents were Christian Scientists, and so they his mother died from cancer because she refused to get treatment as, mm-hmm. as uh, Christian scientists gonna do, fix you. which is why throughout their entire discography, there's a lot of anti-religion because to him, it's like what kept his mother from surviving. So mm-hmm. I understand where that comes from. And you know, his dad kind of, I don't know if his dad left him or they just, they just didn't, didn't have a good relationship. So like when he says, you know, dear mother, dear father, clip my wings before I learn to fly. I'm st- Something I'm ble- bleeding, ripping wounds in me that never heal. It's like, good God, man, that's like really emotional for me. But yeah. um, I could, I would definitely, I could see it being lower than some others. But I would have to agree with Evan on this one that there would be a couple other ones I'd put before. Yeah. And I figured. Yeah, no, I, appreciate, I appreciate you throwing that out there. I
1: also did. You mentioned it briefly, and I do just want to say that while from a pure like pop level, I would prefer Reload. I do have more respect. And justice for all, as an artistic endeavor.
2: Fair enough. You know? Sure. Yep.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, in that case, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I know we mentioned reload.
2: Would you say that's next, Phil, or would you have another? I would say that's next. Um, with considering what we have left. Okay. And yes, I would say that's next.
0: Okay, I th- I th- I think we can get there, but I then want to throw out another nomination at that point. Then, if that's okay with the board, with everyone, so yes. we're locking in
1: reload at number eight.
0: We okay with that, yeah. everyone? Yeah, excellent, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, and now of course left we have Kill 'em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All, Metallica, Death Magnetic, and Hardwired to Self Destruct. Kind of the classic sounding gums to a degree. Yeah, in a way, sure. And for me, my nomination for number seven is Hardwired to Self Destruct. And it's such a weird thing to say, but the thing is, I understand how you weren't connecting with Ed Justice For All, because it's also a challenging album, and I think deliberately so. I don't connect with almost anything off of Hardwire to self-destruct. I don't know if it's the production, I don't know if it's the lyrical content, I don't know what it is, but I listened to this album through so many times... And outside of like I'd say spit out of the bone, uh, spit out the bone as a closer, which is just it enthralls me to no end, and also like yeah. H- Halo on Fire. Overall, oh, Halo on Fire. Yeah, it's like something. overall though, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I don't feel the same emotions that I do for any of the other remaining albums. Truth be told,
2: I understand that and I agree. I think what suffers, what Hardwired suffers from, is the same thing that Load and Reload do, where there's a lot of extra crap that I think if they cut it down or cut the songs down it's like how many slow moving like 7 minutes of that kind of thing do we need um I also I won't say what it is but this album when I was thinking of worst Metallica song this album has that one on there for me I won't say which one it is until it's so fascinating No tell me right now I want to know Oh well okay well then um I think that "Murder One" is the worst Metallica song. It's not good. It's not good. Um, <laughs> considering that you're going to do a tribute to a metal icon, yeah, uh, Lemmy Kilmister from uh, Motorhead, and for me, it was like, but it, it was the only one when I listened to it the first time. You know, I'm a huge Metallica fan. Metallica's new record in eight years, whatever. Like, well, you know, I don't count right, whatever. Yeah. They're they're basically their new record in eight years, and. By the time I got to Murder One, I was like, "This, it, I need to." I'm talk about not connecting. I'm like the Ace of Spades, the Ace, the Ace, the Ace of shit is what it is. But, <laughs> but this, and then, and then what's funny is you, if you skip that one and go into spit out the bone, it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, it's like how I felt about fuel. It's like, oh, there they are. Thank yeah, you. I remember that Metallica. Thank you, God. Still yeah, as as that. yeah so, I mean. The
1: the thing about this album is that I definitely feel like, part of why I like it, uh, for the most part, is the choruses are very poppy. Sure. The choruses are catchy. Yes. you remember you read the titles and you remember how he sings them because yeah. it's usually, moth into the flame. It's usually the ending hook yeah. of the chorus yeah. and that and I mean I really dig moth into flame yes I I think the the riffing is inspired. I think that the the lyrics that he was inspired by Amy Winehouse's story to write this one. And I, I just super cool, yeah. I think that's really not, cool. Yeah. It's sort of I wouldn't have expected that from him necessarily. Yeah. And I just, I just think this is a um, sort of similar to what I said about Garage Inc. I think Hardwired to Self Destruct. If you are a Metallica fan, absolutely you need to listen to it because I think there's a lot of like above average Metallica songs on here. Sure. But I don't really think none of none of these songs on Hardwired. Are any of my all-time favorite Metallica songs. Agreed. There's always something where I'm like, mm, I wish they would have changed that. Like, Confusion, I really dig. Excuse me. Confusion! Like, <laughs> like, so that's the problem. Suddenly
2: he's Dave Matthews. I don't I don't like the, forward I don't know. like the
1: chorus on confusion at all, but I dig the rest of it so much sure. that I like. It, it's, it's sort of that pull where I'm just like, okay, let's just wait for the course to be over so we can get back into the. Rest. <laughs> okay. um, and and that's a bit of what happens uh, on this on this album in general is I'm like, I really like this three minute section of this eight minute song. yes. And the problem is that there's also five other minutes. Yes. Um, and so I, I wouldn't put this one quite yet, but absolutely I understand where you're coming from. There is, there is a a certain something that's hard to put into words that isn't quite there.
2: Yes. The other, unfortunately the problem is, is that I would, I don't know if i put hardwired here yet, but I definitely would not put hardwired above and Justice for All for me. That, yeah. Would not be what I would do, and I feel like I could never talk to Metallica fans ever again (laughs) if I did something like that. Honestly, (laughs) for the last
0: two minutes, I've just been thinking about uh, Metallica
2: covering Dave Matthews songs. um, (laughs) What would you say? Uh, (laughs) But that's just me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And the problem is is that, you know, I feel like the... I don't know if there's only one other choice, but... 'Cause the as you said, the first five, it's like, I don't know, I don't wanna give anything okay, away here, but yeah. that's gotta be let, for let, me let, that's it, in the other tier. Here's but.
0: here's here's kinda of where I'm saying about it. Like and it nominated it a bit ago. I'm not willing to put and Justice for All in slot yet, but I'm gonna I have a feeling, given what we've talked about, I'm gonna get there soon. And that yes. basically leaves the only other kind of post two uh, thousand or you know the other albums that we have there uh death magnetic and hardware to self-destruct and for me even that we're talking about that it then comes down to the conversation of which one's better and i'm sorry death magnetic's gonna win that battle
2: i I mean a hundred percent
0: yeah yeah i agree with
2: you on that too yeah i
1: i I, should we talk about death magnetic let's talk about death
0: magnetic baby
1: because death magnetic is absolutely a return to form for Mm -hmm. them
0: Yep. It really, it, it, it... It's... Getting rid of Bob Rock was a good idea. <laughs> and getting Rick
2: Rubin was a good idea.
0: Yeah. I... Hot take police are here. Sorry, they're just coming by to
2: <laughs> oh, <a> <laughs> of Tearing oh, up God. for his <laughs> today. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Death Magnetic is, I think, fantastic. I think that it it fixes all of the problems I mean shit it's basically like the first great Metallica album in 15 years (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't
2: I wouldn't disagree with that yeah Yeah. Uh,
1: I I uh, I'm gonna spit out another hot take right now oh boy I love Unforgiven 3 I I I don't know why what it is specifically I just I think it's also because he had now been taking vocal lessons for like 20 years at this point point. It's one of his best vocal takes, yeah, and it's right in my my comfort range singing-wise. So I I just I, it just really sure. it just I, it all along with it, it yeah. all really clicked into place for me. Yeah. I also it's also one of my favorite Kirk solos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a good one. especially when you're we're going chronologically you make it through saint anger where they are just absent and then you get to death magnetic and you're like oh god guitar solos kirk's revenge thank god yeah yeah,
2: yeah. kirk's like guys you know all these songs are going to be seven and a half minutes because i'm taking at least three guitar solos on each one right, right. And, yeah. uh, and And like for me even like on a pure song for song basis
0: not mm-hmm. that it's necessarily fair to do that but like this is an album that starts off good but closes spectacularly because Suicide and Redemption... I just... I uh-huh. I love that instrumental so much. And even my Apocalypse, honestly, that slam is pretty hard. Yeah. And I love it when they do this kind of, like, little punchy number right near the end of their record. Sure. It actually has well, something to say. All Nightmare... And, like, Cyanide may not be, like, my favorite ever. And I feel like The Day That Never Comes is a bit of a rehash, even more so than doing another Unforgiven song is. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I can't really complain because there's still so much energy. And also, I just feel like, honestly... There's just kind of a joy of recording in here that was almost entirely absent from Saint Anger, and it's kind of like Metallica by numbers on Hardwired to Self-Destruct. I feel like with this one, I understand what you're like saying. Rick Rubin, yeah. he challenged them, like, what were the albums that you were listening to? Like, if you could record this album as a band for the first time, like, he was really trying to do some mental exercises with them to be like, if there are no other bands out there, if this is your first record, how would it sound like? He was really trying to get them into that. What were you listening to when you were making these first three albums? Mindset, and I and I and I and I feel like I'm not sure if every experiment works on here but overall for a good entry this far into their career for something that solid mm-hmm. 25 years in i'll take it i'm not gonna lie yeah. I,
2: i'm pretty sure it's a, it's another if we want to we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about album sales at some point but this is another like multi-platinum metal record for in 2008 yeah and that's like unless you're metallica um, well you i know. mean
0: i but i didn't buy it though i got it off napster but otherwise it fair was, enough, it was fair pretty enough. <laughs> <and solid. laughs>
2: Uh, uh, but but yes, I totally agree with everything you guys have said. Another thing too that kind of proves that it's a good peak for uh, a, a later peak rather is they went on one of the biggest tours they they had done in forever, like doing like a two and a half year like two hundred show tour. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I lo- it's funny because for me. It, some of the other albums that have longer songs like saint anger or load it's it's like i struggle to get through them but then on this these all are really long songs but i feel like i'm like in it totally and i'm like 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 uh the end of the line is like eight minutes long but like it's grooves the entire time yeah it doesn't let up uh all nightmare long same thing it's like I I, I I would agree with you guys. I love it. I would and say the
1: same thing about uh, Broken Beaton's. Yes, too. yes, totally.
2: Such a good one. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to yell, but uh, yes, yell about it. Uh, but, uh, it. Yeah. But <laughs> also, too, uh, one thing I noticed is that they they went back to an old pattern that they used to do in the earlier albums, where they would um, the Less. fourth the fourth track is a ballad ballad uh-huh. uh, with a big guitar solo. The last two tracks are. A long instrumental leading into a shorter, faster kicker at the end. Mm. They throw in a couple of their ballads. They have a groovier song. Um, they do that on Ride the Lightning. They do that on Master of Puppets. They do that on Injustice for All. Yeah. They uh, And in fact, we'll, we'll get to that later. But I would say my proposal would be putting Hardwired in next. At number seven. And then putting Death Magnetic above that. But I can also see putting Injustice for All... Before, here's, sandwiched in the middle. Here's
0: what I recommend we do. Because we're at 58 minutes now, so we're about through, you know, one Metallica album. Uh, I would say, let's go ahead, let's, all, if we're all in agreement, put Hardwired at number seven. Yeah. Yes, I And agree. then I'd say, mm-hmm. let's take a little break, because we all knew this was going to be a two-parter episode. We've talked about some things, and I think we can reopen those wounds. Well, this, uh-huh.
1: I mean, we've talked about them. Yeah. Shouldn't we rank
0: if you if you if you feel like it, if you want to, only because I know that if we're going to have an end justice for all this low debate, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I don't know. What do you What do you feel?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it, the if I hate to put um the entire weight of an album on one one song. No pun intended. Yeah. But for me, one keeps this the the track one is such a classic song. It's what pushed them out of the underground into the mainstream before, and like that. Uh, and I like it a lot better than you guys might have. So, um.
0: honestly, and I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie, Phil, you kind of sum things up perfectly. I, I, and you all know of having heard previous episodes, I'm Mr. Don't Base This Around the One Iconic or Good Song or Whatnot kind of thing. You have to take the whole album into consideration thing. But, goddamn. If one isn't just like, I've come back, I've re- every time that song comes on, there's just a little nuance, a guitar texture, a little something on there that I appreciate all the more. Seeing it with the music video kind of really yeah. drives home the hopelessness of it on there and just lyrically where it all comes into play and just the fact he was able to write this perspective as well as he did of just someone trapped in their own body begging for death. It is striking. It is powerful stuff. And so... I like Death Magnetic a lot. I like where it's ranking right now, up this high. The fact that it's in this discussion with the other records that we have left. For me, and this is just me, I would put Death Magnetic next and then I would probably put Band Justice Brawl after
2: that. I
1: that sounds like how the group is leaning and I'm fine with that.
2: <laughs> okay, are you are you are you okay with that, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I was going to suggest something else, but I know you're trying to cut us oh, off. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, in we're that case,
1: gonna, if we're going to suggest something else, let's let's save it.
0: Yeah, let's,
2: All uh, right. let's
1: at Are, least... Can we c- agree on Death Magnetic? Yes, okay. we can
2: agree on Death Magnetic. In
0: that case, let's go ahead and give you a quick summary, everybody. It is number 12, Lulu. It is number 11, St. Anger. It is number 10, Garage Inc. It is number 9, Load. It is number 8, Reload. It is number 7, Hardware to Self-Destruct. It is number 6, death magnetic and number five in case you didn't know that's gonna be the subject of some debate everybody and that's gonna be coming up in our part two episode that we'll be recording a week after this so turn in a week after you hear this to hear the next one but in the meantime though before we say goodbye and re-meet up a week later to discuss these opinions let me just say
2: (laughs) phil thank you so much for being here guys it is an absolute pleasure i have was so excited I've been so excited for years four years since yeah. I've been on but I'm so excited yeah. so it's great and I'm ready I'm ready to see you all next week for part two.
0: Absolutely. I hope you safe travels on your way home, Taryn, as always. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week as well. Yeah. When we record. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, though, everybody... I'm just hang out in the attic <laughs> until then. Uh, our recording studio does have an attic. And let me just say, everyone, though, I know we had some hot, spicy-ass takes over here, so if you agree or disagree, let us know what yours are. You can either leave a comment... Send me hate. Send hate to thechartographers <laughs> at gmail.com. It'll refuel, refire him all, all together. And then also, just go ahead and fill free to leave a review of your opinion in the podcast you know if you put it under five stars that's how you'll get our attention we'll read that review uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I would say. laughs> four stars I'm not gonna read that are you kidding me I don't care if it's three words uh, but the thing is do leave us your comments we love hearing it because also anytime you post review it a race vis- of visibility and lets other people know this stupid wonderful thing that we have going on but really truly thank you so much for listening keep on listening because you know that we'll be have a good one everybody good bye your crown